0: Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. Thank you so much for taking your time to join me today. If you're a pre-med student and you haven't been checking out eShadowing, what are you waiting for? eShadowing.com is my COVID-related virtual shadowing opportunity just to do something in these COVID times when most shadowing opportunities, if not all, have been shut down. Is it real shadowing? No, but it's something. Go check it out, eShadowing.com. Today, we have a great guest, Dr. Walter Singer, who is a psychosomatic and addiction psychiatrist. And we're going to talk all about what all of that means, but it's a really interesting field in psychiatry where you get to do a lot more than just psychiatry. We start the conversation by how Dr. Luke Singer first became interested in psychiatry and psychosomatic medicine.
1: From the beginning, I wanted to be a, uh... A psychologist if I go back and then I decided that psychology was only like the tip of the iceberg and that I needed to I don't know complicate things a little bit further so <laughs> so yeah so I yeah so I went into medicine and uh and I well I was in medical school I and I rotated in psychiatry I just loved it and, uh, during medical school, there were some, um, things that happened, um, like my roommate, um, he ended up being diagnosed with, uh there was some, there was a situation that he ended up being diagnosed with, uh, schizophrenia. Mm. Uh, he struggled a lot and that was something that really, uh, struck my attention and and really affected me in many ways. Like he was someone that I talked to a lot. I knew from, from, from early um, in my life. And, um, I couldn't believe that one day I talked to him like, uh, like anyone else. And then the next, not the next day, but you know, a year later, he was totally different person. Um, and there were also other situations in my life with, close uh people that i knew that uh, as far as addiction and other
2: things yeah so all of those things things uh further um
1: reinforced my decision like i was like and uh, psychiatrist is what i wanted to do for sure yeah so that's why i decided to do psychiatry
0: and and talk about psychosomatic medicine. What specifically is that? Because I think a lot of students, when they hear that uh, on this episode, they're they're going to wonder what exactly that is.
1: Well, psychosomatic medicine is basically um, is basically psychiatry and medicine and surgery all combined, like psychosomatic puts together psychiatry with medicine and surgery. Like when you go to um, psychiatry has become became in some way like separate from other fields and then mm-hmm. we in some way put them together. Like when you're in a when you go through a, like uh, through the specialty when you go through the, the fellowship for example you see a lot of patients with uh very complicated medical conditions and complicated surgical conditions that have um, um, uh, problems with their mental health, and uh, and the surgical doctors and medical doctors they 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 consult you to help them with th- those conditions because they don't know what to do. But a, I would say a regular, psych, well, I would say general psychiatrists. They would have more difficulty treating those patients because they wouldn't know how to handle them that well because of all the surgical and medical conditions they have. So we're in certain ways we're like a bridge between psychiatry and the other specialties. Mm.
0: It sounds like potentially more of a interdisciplinary working hand in hand with the other specialties versus I think what most people think of general psychiatry is kind of siloed out um not really interacting with the rest of the medical team.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's the way, yeah.
0: Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. What do you think are some of the biggest myths or misconceptions around psychiatry?
2: Um I would say one thing is that that we only that we
1: only like give medications just because mm. like I don't know, like in my case, I try to like my patients I just try to keep them off medication, like I always tell my patients um. I, I try to give them medications, but if they need them, but always I tell them that if they try to keep, there are four things for me that they need to do. And I think if they do them, I could keep them off medications. I would, that would be amazing because they don't need to see me. Um, if they can, if I can make them sleep well and have a good sleep hygiene, if I, if they can at least exercise three times a week, if they can have a good diet and if they can do some sort of mindfulness, uh, respiratory uh,
2: breathing techniques, if they can do th- those four things well, most of the time,
1: if it's like depression, anxiety, stress. I can keep them off medications and that's happened well with me so far. And they don't, they stop seeing me and that's mm-hmm. fine. But some people think that eh, you, you just need, you just want to give them like Benzos and just give them medications <laughs> just because no, that's yeah. not the way it is.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. When you're looking at um, traits and qualities of a physician for, for someone who makes a good psychiatrist, what, what traits do you think are important to be
2: a good psychiatrist? um number 1 is to be there no
1: mm. um because i feel that in some ways like there there's uh many doctors that they just uh, see the patients in the in the clinic for said to be to give an example and they just um they just uh, don't do anything else until the patient comes back but I think you always need to be there in case they need something. They always end up having a lot of questions after you see them. Um, I, I would say to care, that's the main thing. That's all they, they need. That's one thing. Um, ob- obviously, to have empathy, that's the number one thing. That's easy to say, but uh, not easy to do. Um, and try to explain things as easy as possible, not to, um, to be like, uh, use medical jargon and, and ways that they, they're, they're not, not going to understand and, um, try to like give them, use time to, to, for, you try to give them time and not just not just be another number uh, i know it's another thing that is easy to say but sometimes you people forget no yeah um th- that's i think that's the main thing uh, have empathy be there as much as you can obviously you you, you need to have a balance in your life and, um, has, a, uh, have as much empathy as possible. This is a, as a psychiatrist, I know, I know surgery is different, but because I, I've, uh, I, I've been, I've been around surgeons, I've been about internists, and you notice all the differences, yeah. but, um, uh, patients notice that a lot and that makes, makes a huge difference
0: when it comes to the the types of patients you're treating w- with the the psychosomatic medicine aspect of your job what what differences potentially are there in the types of patients that you're treating what why you're treating them i think i think again talking to to medical students, pre-med students, et cetera, when they hear psychiatrists, the the things that come to mind are bipolar and schizophrenia and depression and anxiety, that kind of stuff. Are there different kind of pathologies that you're looking at as a psychosomatic
2: medicine specialist? Great question. Um, I I would say in short, Well, there's yeah,
1: there's there are differences. Um, In general, as a psychiatrist, you treat yeah bipolar, depression, schizophrenia, anxiety, and all that. As a psychosomatic uh, medical specialist, you can do outpatient and treat all that. You sometimes you get like very different pathologies, like things that you've never seen before at all. Like uh, let's let's put an example like someone that. Someone with psychosomatic illnesses, uh, related to like illness, anxiety disorders, like someone that feels that they have something, but they really don't have it. They think it comes from, um, something else like, um, something in the environment or uh, illness, anxiety disorders, um, they always think that they have something, but you keep on telling them that they don't have it, or somatic disorders that they have multiple pain, every pains all over the body, but they really um don't have that much pain. It it's obviously subjective. Um that well that's all, that that comes from a there's also pain, the pain fellowship, but that's another topic. Um and then what you see the most uh during the fellowship is delirium, no? Mm. Uh, people after surgeries they get really confused, and then you need to avoid mainly um, um, uh, certain medications. You need to prevent uh, patients from not getting exposed to light during the day. You need to keep them active during the day, and and certain things to avoid them getting so confused and agitated. Uh, you get um, you 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 go through transplant. There's transplant psychiatry and all the requirements for someone to, you decide, you give recommendations if someone should get a transplant or not. And as you know, many people, thousands of people die every every year uh, waiting for a transplant. And for you to make a decision, like someone gets a transplant or not, someone that drinks, that's a huge decision. So that's another thing that is different. Um. And then obviously you get suicidal, suicidal patients, depression, anxiety, the same as any other specialty. Uh, And then you get um, neurological conditions that you don't see like Parkinson's disease, depression. medications you get a patient with a huge list of medications and then they uh, you you need to assess all the medications and see what's happening there why the patient is behaving the way he's behaving Um, and 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 then a lot of addiction you see a lot of addiction of patients that are hospitalized and and how to treat them if it's due to opioids um addiction if it's due to methamphetamines, addiction, even if it's uh cigarettes, or it's anything that is inpatient. Um sometimes patients are have alcohol addiction and have uh ha- are having withdrawals inpatient and you need to treat that. That's different as outpatient. So there, that that's when it comes uh that's when that uh, you treat addiction as a psychosomatic doctor um so mainly the inpatient part that you don't do as an outpatient psychiatrist so all the inpatient so basically you're an internist psychiatrist you see a lot of inpatient things Mm. um
0: it's interesting yeah what does a typical day look like for you
1: right now or as in psychosomatic yeah
0: in in general as a a a psychosomatic
1: yeah uh so you um, you start well at uh, in general you go to you be, you uh, you start in the morning you go over the list of uh, all the patients that are hospitalized and that you that you've seen and you all the fellows present the, the cases before presenting the cases to the to the attendings as fellows you need to review all the charts in the computer to see all the uh, all the labs all the patients are doing all the notes from the day before overnight then you present all the cases to the attendings you you present what what's your plan with the uh, old patients, what you are you planning to do? If you're planning to recommend to increase the medication, to add something, to what are you planning? If you're planning to, to recommend the patient to get discharged, so what are you planning to do with the patient? And then you start with the new patient. And what are you gonna do? Present the whole case. What are you planning to do with the patient? And then you go to see the patient with the, with the attending. And and with the students, and then since it's a teaching, since is a teaching hospital, you um, the yeah. student sometimes uh, does the interview. There's the, then there's the feedback there. Sometimes the fellow does the interview, so the student can learn from the fellow, and then there's a the feedback there, and discussions after that, and then. At noon, sometimes new patients come, and then again, present the case, go and see the patient, review the case, and then the last the last new patient come, can come until four
2: p.m. So
1: up until four, uh, can see the new patients, and then again the next day, and so on. And then you have a list up to. Usually, it's like twenty patients or thirty patients divided by three fellows, so it's usually like ten patients per per fellow and so it's not that it's not that busy it's okay. you learn a lot and you you enjoy it and you get very interesting cases. It's really enjoyable, I would say. Yeah. Um,
0: what does call look like for you? There's no call. That's enjoyable for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no call.
0: What What happens uh, in terms of any sort of psychiatric emergency, or when it comes to psychosomatic medicine? It's there's there's someone else to take care of that.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't talk about that. So there's capacity, a lot of capacity, uh, consults. So you need to assess, uh, the patients in terms of, um, if they have capacity to make decisions. Um, so as you, as, as you know, um, many of them can be confused, delirious, mm-hmm. um, and some of them want to leave the hospital, for example. So you, sometimes you need to, um, uh, make an, uh, uh it's called like an, a note. Stating that they cannot leave the hospital, or or sometimes they want to make decisions as far as uh, you need to make uh, uh, an, an order. Saying they want to make decisions as far as the the their medical decisions or decisions as far as a uh, power of attorney. So that's another another console that we get see if they can make decisions as far as the medical decisions or as far as the what they have. Um, so that's another console that we get. Emergencies, when we get them is when they get agitated. They get really agitated. They start throwing punches and things. We get cold and then we need to try to calm them down. And if we cannot do that, then we need to order emergency medications. That's, uh, medication that gets, given uh, uh, in the muscle, mm-hmm. I intermuscular, um, that's a an emergency. And then the, emer- the other emergencies when they want to leave the hospital, we need to talk to them to see if they have the capacity to understand the situation, the consequences of leaving the hospital. If they, for example, have, uh, has a food that is uh, uh, infected and if they, they leave the hospital, they can die from that and they understand it. And most, ma- most often they don't understand the situation, and the consequences of leaving the hospital and the whole what's happening. And in those situations, we simply have to say that they don't have the capacity to leave the hospital and they need to stay until they get the appropriate treatment because it's really difficult to say someone that have the capacity to leave the hospital when they can die any moment sometimes yep. they have it um so those are the mainly the two emergencies that we get mm. in the hospital
0: do you feel like your specialty affords a good work life balance
1: oof the best <laughs> the best by far
0: <laughs> by know, right
1: f- now it's booming now. The, right now, it's booming, booming. Uh, um, you make well as far as monetary, you make good, good money. Depends on you know, what you. A good, amazing work-life balance. I've never felt like I'm like stressed out too much work. Never, ever since I started. Um. If you want to make, you can always work a little bit more. But I don't know. In my opinion, I'm o- I've always been happy. I've never met anyone that is that is not. Um, I've always said that if you it, if you want to be a, I don't know, it's like yeah, this is psychosomatic. But in general, I've always said that if you want to be a surgeon, you have to be 110% sure, like that will be your life, and then. If you like psych, if you like internal medicine, but you're thinking of psychiatry, then this then is a good option to do med med. You you can be double boarded in medicine and psychiatry, do both, or you can do psychiatry and then do psychosomatics, for example, and then you can give it a touch of addiction, Mm. and um, and then, but that's a lot of. Doing doing uh, a, a psychiatry and internal medicine can be a little bit more heavy because you need to do two boards. Well, oh, well, I I've done three boards, but um, but I don't know. I've never felt I feel that I'm, and right now I'm living. Right now I'm living the dream, my friend. I'm doing great.
3: That's good. That's good.
1: What is it? Yeah.
0: What does the training path look like to become? a psychosomatic medicine specialist
1: well it's four years of psychiatry then then one year of psychosomatics and that's it
0: a psychosomatic fellowship. More, uh,
1: yeah and then one more if you want to do one more it's one more year of addiction
0: is the and then is the psychosomatic yeah. medicine fellowship is that an acgme approved fellowship
1: yeah yeah
2: and addiction also okay
0: and what does that yeah, look like sure. in terms of that fellowship? What are you doing that year?
1: Psychosomatic. Yep. Um, depends, because so I went to many inter—I went to too much, in- too many interviews, so I, <laughs> I know about the about most of the programs. Um, so at Yale, you do um, a little bit of outpatient. Uh, you do transplant uh, clinics. You can do Jerry clinics. You can do HIV clinics. So there's a lot of psychosomatics. That's why it uh, covers a lot. It has HIV clinics. he has Jerry clinics. Transplant clinics. Uh, women's health clinics. Uh, because you know, there's uh, Yale. They had you know, there's a lot of uh, women's health uh, top specialists. Uh, so you basically you see. That's another thing that psychosomatic covers that I didn't mention. All the, uh, when you're pregnant and you have psych uh, psychiatric issues, that's psychosomatic. So that's, so psychosomatic basically covers everything. Um, so all the clinics, uh, but uh, clinics is mainly two half days, two half days a, a week, and then the rest is inpatient and talking about yale it's um it's um not, uh, nine months at yale yale new haven hospital and then three months at the va uh but if you go to mayo clinic for example it's um it's a, it's more had a, mayo clinic had like more um clinics I think as I remember more clinics less in pay a little bit more less inpatient but had like I I remember he had like GI diet clinics had like more even more clinics like you could go like someone that had like irritable bowel syndrome he had like a clinic for that like you could even learn about more specific things so it depends what you want if you want to go to Mayo Clinic, that is more like Minos- the, in Rochester, Minnesota, that is more north and more cold. You can go there. If you want, it depends on where you want to go. Uh,
2: it's more has more uh, more options. If you want to go to Harvard? Um, Harvard has it's a little bit busier.
1: Uh, bring and women's um you have to it's busier, but has more if you want to go to like oncology site. So that's another top spe- there's even a fellowship in oncology site. Um and you go with a, if you have a consult in oncology site, you go with an oncology site specialist to see the oncology site consult. So that's it, bring and women's. So depends on where you want. So that's how you. So if you if you like psychosomatic, you have all kinds of sub specialty uh, options and things that you you can sub specialize. And if you like women's health, you can do that for the rest of your life and do research on that. Depends on what. If you like psychiatry, you stay in psychiatry. If you like Psychosomatic, you can always have options to sub-specialize in things if you like academia. Mm. Um, And then addiction is a whole different thing. Addiction, uh, at Yale, you have, and uh, there you have all kinds of rotations. That's another whole different thing. Um, So it's, um, there's a lot of things to do. A lot of things.
0: The majority of people listening to this are not going to go into psychiatry or psychosomatic medicine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. but potentially will need to work closely with someone like yourself in the future. What do you want them to know about how you do your job to potentially help their patients in the future?
1: As medical students, you mean? Yeah, uh, well, or in, in, uh, the, the, fu- in her, the future, you know, yeah. In yeah.
3: Uh,
2: I think the main thing, uh, is to know how to I would say to always uh try to try to um know how to diagno- like
1: know the basics about how to always uh, recognize always keep in mind diagnosing you know depression the main things that like nowadays like they use a lot of they use in all the clinics PHQ-9 and the GAD-7. How to diagnose? There's a lot of depression nowadays. Um, how to diagnose basic major depression? How to diagnose uh, generalized anxiety with the GAD-7? And uh, and if you diagnose it, talk to the patient and try to give him treatment for that to prevent that the the patient from getting worse because. Depression leads to worsening, for example, diabetes, worsening of uh, other medical conditions, and the uh, ideal is to treat it as soon as possible. And the same with anxiety. Uh, anxiety generalized anxiety leads the patient uh, to not sleep well, that leads the patient to not work well, and that leads the, everything to, to, if the patient has uh, medical conditions, Least that to get worse and oh everything to get worse, so I would say at least the basic. Try to always keep in mind the depression and anxiety, and that that would be amazing. And uh, and if you and if you treat it and you feel that. You don't know more than that. Then just do a referral as soon as possible, and uh, we will be happy to help. That's. I would say that's the main thing. Uh, yeah.
0: What other specialties do you work the closest with? I, I know you you talked about some surgery, some internal medicine. Are are those really the the key specialties that you're working with?
1: Uh, obgyn, obgyn, a mm-hmm. uh, lot, and surgery. Now so surgery, ob obgyn. And internal medicine. Yeah. A lot of uh cardiology. Um there's a lot of cardiology, especially cardiology, OBGYN, surgery in general, and endocrinology. Which they are the mm. top.
2: Yeah.
0: What do you know now that you wish you knew before going into psychiatry and psychosomatic medicine?
2: That I wish I knew before. Um, I wish I knew a lot before. Uh, let me see. Um, enjoy the ride. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say just. Yeah, just um. I don't know.
1: Just, yeah. There's, yeah, just enjoy the ride and don't keep it, don't, don't take yourself too seriously. And
2: because in the end, you know, in the end, um, like I felt that, that this was like a marathon and,
1: and Like now, things are over, but no, things keep going. And it's not like, oh, you finished residency and now, and now like I'm done. No, like you you need to keep on working and keep on going. So just try to enjoy the ride. Not just take yourself too seriously and just work super hard, not to stay at home weekends and uh, no, just don't burn out.
2: Don't burn out
0: what do you, what do you like the most about your specialty
2: um, work life balance as you mentioned um, personally i don't i don't i didn't never like to
1: I never li- like to do physical exams and all that. A, although I do I didn't like it, but I do it as a I did it a lot as a psychosomatic doctor, so I wouldn't say that. Work like balance. Balance everywhere, I would say. It's not like you're making a lot like people always talk about money you're not making a lot but you're not making you're you're doing great and i don't know i feel happy everyone i talk to there's always a good environment around um everyone's always happy and I'd say I would say the work-life balance. Everyone's always happy. It's always a good environment, and you're doing okay overall. And it's growing, and there's a lot
2: of your your help a lot of people. What do you like the there's least? A lot of need.
1: Um, the least is the 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 people that you that there's nothing you can do. Like the schizophrenia and things like that, there's there's still um, there's still nothing there's there's no treatment. Still more research to be done, as many as many other specialties.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Frustrating. Do you but, you s- um, do you see any major yeah.
0: changes coming to the field of psychiatry and psychosomatic
2: medicine? Oof, Oof a lot. Uh, a lot now there's this ivy ketamine
1: mm-hmm. that at Yale they're doing a lot and like for the treatment resistant depression it's incredible how some people are like suicidal for example and then suddenly IV ketamine that was discovered actually at Yale by the chairman Christ- uh, Dr. Crystal and they're doing ivy ketamine like a lot of ivyketamine uh, they have like I don't know five six beds. i I rotated there for like a week, and I was amazed. I actually wanted one want to do it that in here in Panama, and then that's a new thing right now, huh? um, so things new things are coming, people that didn't respond to antidepressants or anything else, suddenly they get ivyketamine, and they're like, Oh. Depressed, suicidal, and now I'm happy. And then they get their their weekly treatments or 5 ketamine So that's a huge difference. Um, I I would say psychiatry is like like neurology maybe 20 years ago or something like that. Neurology was like people had like, uh, like multiple sclerosis and nobody knew what, what to do and then suddenly it can be treated. Mm. So, yeah. So now depression, there's new treatments, new treatments are coming, but it takes time. For example, ketamine was, the, Dr. Crystal discovered it like, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago and now it came out. So imagine how long it takes. So, it takes time, but, but there's definitely new things coming. It just takes time, but it will be amazing.
3: Yeah.
1: Um,
0: if you had to do it all over again, would you still be a psychosomatic psychiatrist, medicine specialist?
1: By, by far. I think I chose the, man, the, the, the best combination ever. There's nothing better than what I chose. There's I, I, I go back and think about it and I'm like, what what else can I choose? Like Jerry psych? No. <laughs> like no, there's nothing else. <laughs> Jerry psych, no. And then what other HCGME special so specialty there is? There's no one, no other. Yeah. And and psychosomatic covers Jerry. I saw basically fifty no, like 30% of the patients that I saw inpatient were Jerry. So it covers everything and then addiction. That's it. That, that cover all the and child I didn't like so yeah in my case perfect
0: and just just for someone listening who doesn't understand the word geriatric you you're saying geriatric ah, well, ger, yeah ger,
1: yeah geriatric yeah
0: and um,
1: chi- well chi- if you like child that's if and you want to do psychiatry I know that many people that are listening are not going to do psychiatry but if you like child and you like want to, and want to do psychiatry man child it's a very good subspecialty yeah you're going to help a lot of kids and you're going to do it. Yeah, it's a great special.
0: Any last words of wisdom for the student listening potentially interested in psychosomatic medicine?
1: Um, well, um, if, you, if you're thinking of um, psychiatry and you're like, if you're thinking of if you're in between psychiatry and internal medicine, think about doing psychosomatic medicine. It's a it's an it's a, an amazing subspecialty. Um, I would say better than doing psychosomatic, better than doing psychiatry and internal medicine
2: both, because in the end you're gonna be doing psychiatry. Um, If you you, um, want to help psychiatrists in general
1: or psychosomatic doctors as as another uh, physician, I would say the main things are to know how to recognize depression and anxiety through the PHQ-9 as medical students also, um, and uh, the GAD-7. Because that in the end, in the long term, that will help with all the medical conditions. And that will help with everything in general. And best of luck in your career.
2: All right. There you
0: have it. Again, Dr. Walter Lukzinger talking about his journey to psychosomatic medicine and addiction psychiatry. Now, what's interesting is next week I'm going to have on a program director for psychosomatic medicine, what is now called consultation liaison psychiatry. It has recently changed names and, ha- and has this new name. So psychosomatic medicine now called consultation liaison psychiatry. And next week we're going to have a, a program director for a consultation liaison psychiatry fellowship program. I hope you enjoyed this episode give you some more insight into the field of psychiatry and some of the nuances and and niches out there that you can have as a physician. We'll see you next time here on the Specialty Stories podcast.
3: This
2: is MedEd Media.